0: So we've been talking about the Christian mind. Uh, We started uh, by making it clear that there is a difference uh, between the redeemed mind and the unredeemed mind. We talked about how some assume that Christians leave their minds at the door and only believe out of a blind faith. We've talked about the way we think about God and that knowing from his revealed word how we are supposed to be related to him and how that flows out into how we ought to be related to others. We talked about how it's possible to know what God wants because of what he has revealed to us, what he wants us to know about him, and that he is because he is all-powerful, the creator of all things, he is able to communicate with his creatures. He created all things, including language. <clears throat> and if he is able to communicate, he is going to communi- communicate clearly. If he is not the God of Confusion. We've talked about why some reject the truth of God's revealed word. But to be clear, um, those of whom we speak about rejecting are those that Romans 1 talks about uh, suppressing the truth in unrighteousness. Uh, you, You can't suppress something unless you already know that it's the truth, unless you know that it is true to begin with. So we must remember that the term Christian mind, remember this is what we're basing our study on, the Christian mind, well that term Christian mind doesn't apply to those people. <clears throat> we shouldn't look, at look down upon them in any way to say that, well, they weren't smart enough to figure this stuff out. Well, of course not. <coughs> Last week, We talked about faith and reason and how the world assumes that those two things are incompatible with each other but we know that God seeks those who will worship him in spirit and in truth so our faith is not unreasonable so that brings us to today's topic which is the bible and the illumination reading the bible and illumination before we actually get into it deeply we have to define some terms okay what is it called when simply from the created order we can know that a god exists natural revelation revelation. so we've got a category revelation and a subcategory natural Natural revelation can be defined as that which can be known about God by what he has made. Um, Of course, there's... I'm not going to find it right now. Oh yeah, there it is. Uh, Psalm 19, verses 1, or verse 1. The heavens declare the glory of God. The sky above proclaims his handiwork. Now, what do we we think of when we hear the word revelation?
1: Enlightenment bring to surface what is hidden. Okay.
0: Something that's hidden. Mm -hmm. Okay. Is it the self-disclosure? Okay, so something is being revealed, right? Mm-hmm. In this particular case, we are talking about God's revelation, um, and specifically the natural revelation. So there's something about God that he is telling us about through the things that have been made. But is he actually technically telling us. Is he saying I exist? Is he saying to us believe in me? No. no. So this is a passive thing.
2: You know the adage of the of a picture being worth a thousand words? I think that's what he does. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: You know when I say natural thing like in Psalm nineteen, the heaven declare mm-hmm. glory and the firmament shows, mm-hmm. and they I think a wise man they must have known this, uh, see the star of Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's how they know that's God's mm-hmm. nature. They saw and they went after it.
0: Okay, mm-hmm. I think that there might even be more to it than that, mm-hmm. because if we try to remember back to where the wise men came from, we're talking about. Daniel, Daniel having the next part of Revelation and telling the wise men, maybe not those at that time, but but the ones that the magicians of the day that uh, Daniel was speaking with, he told them about what would happen in the future. And so that falls under, if it's not natural Revelation, what's the next category? Special Special revelation. And what is special revelation?
3: God's objective self-disclosure.
0: Okay. Good definition. <clears throat> Not from me. <laughs> that which can only be known about God by what he has specifically told us. So, if he is speaking, then this is an active revelation. Okay? So, there's things that can be known about God just by looking at the creation. And you can't go any further. You can assume that God is a God of order. Because there is an order to things. You can assume that he is creative. Like I said in my prayer, look at all the different colors that we see in the fall. Look at the, the sunrises and sunsets when the colors of the sky turn into beautiful artwork. You can... Yeah, go ahead.
4: What you're saying is with natural revelation, we say, okay... In observation there is a God a yes. special revelation it is I am God
0: I am God. God this is what I have done these are the promises I have made for you these are the things that I will do to redeem you for you are fallen so anytime there is something in scripture that says and God said Frankly, any of the words of Scripture is God said. So we have the idea that Revelation is God telling man, whether it be passively or actively, that he exists and what his attributes are. And what he expects of us as his created beings. <clears throat> so it's God telling man about himself. Okay. So what do we think the next um, major topic will be? If we're talking about God telling us who he is, then what's the next step? What he expects from us. Okay, well that's part of, but I think we broached that topic a little bit when we were talking about the wise men.
3: What were you going to say? I was thinking volition as well, but no, I'm not for sure. Okay. Christ came.
0: Christ came, okay. How would we know that Christ came today if someone hadn't told us about it? if someone hadn't written it down? Archaeology. Archaeology. Okay, but even archaeology um, is only digging up things that were written down, you know, the Dead Sea Scrolls. So the Word of God. So? Inscripturation. Inscripturation. And what is is happening in that inscripturation? It is the inspiration of God, that God has taken what he has revealed about himself, which he gave to man, and then man putting that information down on paper for the rest of humanity to be able to understand and read. So it's the writing down of what God has revealed in his special revelation. Keep in mind, we are talking mostly about the special revelation, because anything that's in scripture is special revelation. Yes. You use the word inscripturation. Mm-hmm. What is that? It's it's a it's a uh, kind of a not a synonym but a, a parallel word to inspiration. When we're talking about inspiration, we're talking about men being guided along to write the exact words that that God wanted to be relayed in scripture. <clears throat> we say that all scripture is God breathed. Well, for it to be scripture, somebody has to write it down. So that's the inscripturation. Okay? But it's really a kind of a subheading of inspiration.
3: So you're talking about studying, uh, finding documents of the past. <clears throat> you know, like uh, uh, when uh, when uh, archaeologists or people who study the past to find out about people, they look at, they find uh, like uh, in, the, in the you know you got all the scriptor parchments, different pieces that are laying around. They put it all together, and and it gives them a glimpse into what happened in the past. So you're talking about those kind of documents? Well, right? actually, which would be if this is God, this is uh, apparently these are from Christians. This, is, you know, mm. that kind of this is the Hebrew scrolls and scriptures and stuff like that. They'd put all that stuff together. That's what you're talking about. Well, about.
0: that's not really what I'm talking about when we're talking about. And I didn't write it down. Inspiration.
3: Um, you. you inspiration about, is God to man inspiring them to uh,
0: our... Well, that's time. revelation, God right. to man. And then that message that God relayed to man being written down for posterity, um, but under the divine control of the Holy Spirit so that... The man who wrote it was not just a robot writing down the exact words that God wanted, although he did write down the exact words that God wanted, but he wasn't a robot. He used all of his faculties. He used all of his um, experiences in life. If we had... um,
4: like, we can tell the difference between Paul yes. writing and Solomon mm. writing. Yes. We know Moses. We know, Moses, Moses and Jeremiah. Right. Yeah. They use their own
0: um, faculties.
4: Personalities yeah. come out in the writing. Right.
3: Though some portions are just more, quote-unquote, robotic, if you will. Like, Moses wasn't around for the Genesis 1 account, right? So that was more of a direct... And I'm not trying to say he's a robot, right? Mm-hmm. But it's not like com-
1: mm-hmm. Moses was direct conversation was with God. Yeah,
0: he was having right. a direct conversation right. with God, and and remember, and we you have to remember why Moses was bringing that up. Why did Moses write the Pentateuch? It was because the nation of Israel had completely forgotten about God, completely and totally forgotten about the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And so Moses needed to. Write A concise uh, statement about who this God was that they're going to follow out into the wilderness. And so, even the Pentateuch, the story of Genesis, was written through the lens of a human author. And yet, every single word was the word of God.
4: We see that even in the Gospels. I mean, three accounts of the same story told in different ways because yep. of the... Letter. Four accounts. Four accounts, sorry.
0: Three that are... Mm-hmm. Yes. Three. One that's a little different, but yes. <laughs> One
4: is a different, yes. <laughs> it's a little
0: different. Because it's... We've like, got Synoptic versus John's Gospel, yes. Yeah. So... Inspiration, then, is what God used to transmit to us the special revelation that we have in Scripture. It's the men who wrote. Um, think Think about that God is sovereign in control of all things. He dictates where people will live yeah, even to the point where they live in a particular area. And he uses and, frankly, ordains the events of their lives. And if we're talking about specifically the people who are writing Scripture, isn't it possible that he um, so ordered their lives so that when it was time for them to write down God's own words that their experiences and their emotion and their styles came through, and yet, it is still the very word of God. Mm-hmm.
3: You know, I never thought about that. But you see that in, um, you know, when, uh, when a prophet or whoever does a miracle, mm-hmm. and we'll, we'll, we'll say David, sometimes we'll say Moses did, did miracles in Old Testament. Sure. Moses didn't do the miracle. God used Moses' personality. God used Moses' legs and arms and whatever. All Moses did was throw the the rod down. But God is the one that did the miracle. Or when David brought brought down Goliath. Mm -hmm. Uh, David, it may have been David's zeal and personality and everything that God used in his arm. But when that rock hit that giant, the giant didn't fall backwards. He fell forward. The rock should have knocked him backwards. Mm-hmm. He fell forward to show you that it was God that did it. Mm-hmm. And so, same thing with this. He may be using our, he used Pauls and Peters and all them their personality as they did all of that, but it was actually God mm-hmm. inspiring the writings that was coming out of their personality. Yeah. Well, it's, this is like hypostatic union type stuff, right? <laughs> it's it's outside of it's outside of what
0: we can truly comprehend. Yes. It
3: is mysteri- mysterious. Same thing with soul winning. When sometimes you think you led someone to... No, it's not you. It's God doing it. You but would God have done it if you... the God works through it. But would God have done it if you
0: weren't obedient and shared that message with that person? He would someone else, I assume. He would send someone else, most likely. But guess what? Even that moment that you decided... To share the gospel with someone was foreordained by God, yes. and He controlled all of those things to bring you to that point where your moral choice actually made a difference. Amen.
3: And now we're talking providence versus miracle, which is more of a miracle. <laughs> sovereignty. Yeah. Sovereignty of all things. Nothing happens without His. Exactly. Without His control.
0: Okay, so then if we have revelation and we have inspiration, it brings us to illumination. I'm going to write this over here because that's too low for me. The Bible is written in human language. Is it possible for natural human beings to read what's in Scripture and understand what it says? Surface, what yeah, surface-wise, mm-hmm. wise, yes. Yeah. Sure. I mean, anyone can read John, the book of John, <coughs> see all of the miracles that John laid out, that Jesus did, see that John said, and he did many more miracles that are not written in this book, but these are written so that you would believe that he is the Son of God, and in believing, you would have life. Can I say something?
1: That illumination comes in God's timing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Because I I read the Bible mm-hmm. at first I didn't I read it I didn't understand it was the question it was the time when God enlightened to me it was yes. like somebody turned the light on. Mm-hmm.
0: You're moving. You're moving ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. We're both on the same page, yeah. right? Why? Because we both have the same Holy Spirit. Okay. Yeah. It's good. It's all good. So how is it then that when someone reads the scriptures, understands what it says, says, hmm, these Christians believe this, how is it then not the illumination to them? Because illumination requires the Spirit. Exactly. Illumination is a sovereign work of the Holy Spirit completely and utterly sovereign. I say that, and yet how is the Holy Spirit going to sovereignly illuminate the Word of God to us unless we are reading the Word of God? Unless we are imbibing the Word of God. Unless we are meditating upon the Word of God. There's an action on our part because we can't stick our Bible under our pillow, go to sleep, wake up and know the Bible. It doesn't work that way. We have to hear the Word of God. We have to eat it, consume it. Make it part of us. Now, we live in a very special time. We live in a time when the Word is available to us in whatever form we want. Whether it's on paper, whether it's electronic, whether it's the preaching of the Word from from the pulpit. We are blessed to have so many avenues to be able to ins- to ingest the word of God. Okay, so what about those people who didn't have the scriptures that they could easily, quickly relate to? What about the times when um, there, there wasn't the printed word besides scrolls that were written down? I mean, we're talking about the Gutenberg Press and... You know, the, the mass prolifer- proliferation of the written word. They were all the more reliant on the shepherds. Okay. Hmm. Okay. So, illumination. If... If revelation is God's word to man and inspiration is man putting the words on paper, then inspiration is the Holy Spirit taking those words that are on that paper and informing our hearts and Not just making us believe as if we were being forced, but allowing us to believe because it is the truth of God.
5: Yeah, natural revelation is enough to make us without excuse. Mm -hmm. Special revelation is for the purpose of redemption. Right. So illumination is bringing that redemption home. It reminds me of... The uh, John eight, where it says, you know, and they believed, mm-hmm. and the next thing, he, mm-hmm. Jesus is saying, you're a child of the devil. Mm-hmm. They believed. They had right. they had a bit of a head knowledge, but they didn't have that special illumination of re- redemption. Like, oh, I believe that Jesus is the
0: Christ. Right. I know. I'm convinced. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, where do we think? Um, we have some examples of this particular thing from scripture.
4: That
1: one it reminds me of Psalm 9, 18 It says to light my candle within me and in light on my darkness. Mm-hmm. Viti are the ran over a wall it's, his Holy Spirit that put it in me. He is God that enlighten it and make me to go and follow Him. Then He said, "Your word is true. Mm-hmm. Who is God except the rock. with rocks for God. Mm-hmm. So that some reminds me of Psalm 18 really mm-hmm. in that part of Psalm. 18. Sure. 18.
0: Yeah. Sure. He's thinking
5: of uh, Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch, or he's reading Isaiah. Philip comes running alongside. Hey. Like what do these things? What does this mean? Mm-hmm. And Philip explains it to him, mm-hmm. and the Holy Spirit does His wonderful work. That's right. Opens the eunuch's eyes.
0: What about before the Holy Spirit was given upon the earth? Ooh. Psalm one nineteen. Psalm one nineteen. Yeah, read the whole thing. I do. <laughs> if I ha- if I have it in my notes, I don't think <laughs> I don't think I have it in my notes, but it's sure worth. Giving it a good read. Um, I do have uh, verses 33 through 34. Teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes, and I will keep it to the end. Give me understanding that I may keep your law and observe it with my whole heart. So, does that go with that one verse? It's
2: like, that word, have
0: I hidden in my heart? Am I not sitting against you? Exactly. Of course, how can you know the word of God? How can you know what God wants of you so that you don't sin against him unless you are reading his word? Unless you are... And, and again, we live in a privileged time. So us saying reading his word is akin to... Well... David the king actually had the written scriptures that he could look at, okay? But I, be, I guarantee you his, his subjects didn't. How could they have done that? Well, they would have been listening to David as he was writing these things down. They would have been listening to the priests of the time. It's an, just an
5: interesting side note of kind of the dumbing down of, of the, the world. Like I, h- how many times do we not remember how to get to a place because we're just relying on GPS and mm-hmm. you don't have to go that far back in history to see people who memorize large sections of books and things like that. And mm-hmm. when you, when you don't have the luxury of just, oh, what's that verse? I'll Google it. Yep. You That's memorize right. it. You That's meditate right. it on it. So yes, they may not have the abundance of the written word, but when you're gathering in your synagogues and you're hearing it and you're learning it, you're memorizing it meditating upon it sometimes in some in some
3: ways because it's even better better, right yeah oh yeah no i think the greatest example of illumination is uh john in the book of revelation Mm -hmm. it's almost like because he didn't understand any of this stuff and god on Patmos, and God illuminates the whole book of Revelation. Well, God
0: revealed, I mean, that was direct revelation from God, special, active, um, in which at that same moment, he's writing it down, and the Holy Spirit is helping him to understand what he's writing down. What about the people who wrote down scripture who had no idea what it meant? What happened in those cases? They were getting special revelation. And they were writing it down, but there was something missing from it. Why? Because it wasn't for them yet. Why? Because our scripture is a a um, progressive revelation. I mean, if it weren't progressive revelation, then in uh, in Genesis three, when God is telling about uh, the the one, the seed who will crushed the serpent's head, he would have just said, oh, by the way, his name's going to be Jesus. Mm-hmm. And he would give him everything that needed to be known. And, and from that point forward, everything would have been good. But no, he said, from your seed. And then he said to Abraham, your descendants will be like the stars of the sky and the, the sand on the seashore. And then uh, to I mean, just, it, it is, it gets more and more and more specific as we go along. And they had enough illumination
5: to long for the the full revelation of what they wrote. Right. Right. To hope for it. Yeah. Rather than like, oh, that's odd. Yeah. I wonder what me- I wonder what message that is. It's like,
0: oh, I want to know. I wish I knew what this yeah. was. Yeah,
3: doesn't Hebrews tell us that they are writing these things down? It specifically tells us what you were saying. Yes, that's exactly what yeah. I'm referring to. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, what about, um, let's see, Uh, so we were talking about how Philip and the Ethiopian eudic, what about before the Holy Spirit was given into this world, another example of when people's hearts and minds were illuminated to the words of God. And I'm thinking of a very specific moment in time. When who the predecessor of the Holy Spirit did something. What do you mean before even Jesus time? And no, I was actually speaking of Jesus. But are you talking then on Pentecostal day? Uh, the people nope. in Alpha No. Nope. I was talking about
1: because was when thinking.
0: they were walking.
1: on oh, and the two and and, Jesus and, and Jesus yeah.
0: came. And they were like, don't you know what's been going on? And, and what did he say? How foolish you are? Don't you, don't you know so what... Sort of what good? It's like so slow to believe all that the prophets and... Exactly.
1: Yeah.
0: And what did he do? He, he told them, with, starting with Moses and all the prophets, about all of the things that pertain to himself. So, God himself, in the person of Jesus Christ, was illuminating what they already knew about Scripture to help them to understand its true meaning.
5: You see that all through Acts as well. Mm-hmm. He man says, like, Paul reasoned with them from the Scriptures. You mm-hmm. have to re- remember what Scriptures they had at that time. Mm-hmm. They had what we call the Old Testament. Right. So he's raising from the Old Testament pointing yeah. them to Christ.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so let's see. Ephesians 1, 15 through 23 says, For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering in remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, May give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, so that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. And it goes on from there. It's the Holy Spirit enlightening your eyes. Is it a
2: good time to ask a question off subject? Come on. So I get confused by the whole. Thing that where Jesus is now in the Old Testament, you know, and having interaction with different people along the way, right? When we say, huh? Like Well, hold on. Um,
0: if you're talking about um, him saying, are you, "Are you slow to remember all that the Scripture has talked about with me?" No, that was that was in the New Testament. Oh,
2: okay. No. So, so yeah. what I'm actually talking about he's actually talking with Moses. And I'm understanding right now that, that Jesus was the one doing all the things in the garden, talking uh-huh. about it. And I'm going, wow, but Jesus wasn't <laughs> even born until... Oh, right. Yeah, so I know Jesus yeah. was alive in the beginning. Yes. And he was the word and so okay. on and so on. But
0: did we call him Jesus at that point? That's what I'm... Okay. That's what I'm, so thinking. yes, it is definitely off topic, but it's a great topic. It's a great rabbit trail to get on. Okay. The Son of God, we're talking about the Trinity, is eternal. No beginning, no end. Mm. In the same way that the Father is eternal. No beginning, no end. Okay, well, we have a really difficult time wrapping our minds around that because we have a beginning. And we cannot imagine what not a beginning is. <clears throat> then, we also say that God is unchanging. it doesn't change. Okay? And yet, this God, the Son, became man. Doesn't that indicate some sort of a change? No, actually it doesn't. Because his nature as God the Son was never modified in any way. He took on humanity as if taking on a coat. Does that change you? No, no. not at all. God. <clears throat> so there are two natures, the God, the Son, and Jesus, the man, combined into one person, Jesus, the Christ how those two things and that's that's what you were talking about earlier about the, the hypostatic union these are things that we just cannot comprehend it's the miracle of miracles that the infinite of infinite god could fit into the body of, of a man and that he is still a man
3: seated at the right hand of god it's similar to them? us, we are, this is not the real us neither, this is just a container the real me is my my soul and so mm. I am limited by what I can do because of this uh, this flesh this do you flesh. realize that what you've just
0: said is a platonic heresy? <laughs> I don't know what that means <laughs> Plato. Plato Platonic that is a heresy How's that? Because you are not just the shell. Right, that's what
3: I was saying. This, this is body me.
0: is an, is you. Mm-hmm. Your body is you. And it will be redeemed as well. And your body will like, be redeemed as well. Of glory. Right, it'll be changed so that it's right. no longer sinful, but it's still your body. When did God say it is good? It is very good after he created man and breathed life into him. Mm -hmm. He wasn't just a physical being. He wasn't just a spiritual being. He is a physical and spiritual being. Mm -hmm. And our blessed hope is that one day we will be able to be in the presence of God as truly human, which requires a physical body, truly human in a body that is without sin and a spirit that loves to serve and honor the Lord.
3: body you prepared for me, and it talks about the those that have gone to sleep long for the redemption of their bodies. Um.
0: See, if, if we were talking about humanity and our physical bodies in the way that, frankly, so many people get this mixed up that it's just a shell, then why do we treat the dead with such respect? Why do we treat the bodies of the dead with such respect, such honor? Well, man does that because they think that's all there is. Okay. Okay. But I'm talking about from the the perspective of um, people who have been led by the Lord, by by the church. I mean, why why was there always the understanding that, oh, you can't get cremated because then, uh, no, you have to be interred. You have to go into the ground, otherwise God can't raise you up at the last day. I mean, that's bogus, right? We, We know that that's not true. But why was there that sense? It's because your body truly means something. So where does
2: where is, where is the go? I mean, like, okay, so we do die, right? Now, the question is, is our body not used in anything future? Or is is this new body that we take on at the rapture, is that different? Or is it
0: modified? You're getting into things that I can't speak to. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: <laughs>
3: when we if see him, it? we will be like him. Amen.
0: Yeah. Can I
1: say something? When Jesus was on a cross, he said, "It's finished. Mm -hmm. And Jesus said, if I die, I draw others to myself. And Jesus says, without me, you can do nothing. Mm -hmm. But with me, you can do all things. He says, and then he says, if you receive me, then I'll come dwell in you. Mm-hmm. and you will be in me. And then Father and I will come and have mm-hmm. son with you. So this, then he says, to die is to be with Lord. And Jesus says, you have to die to yourself. Okay. Unless the second is done. Mm-hmm. So when I receive Jesus, when we receive him from our heart, then we submit completely to him. Then there is okay. no me anymore. It's not me that live in is he that is in me, mm-hmm. living through this body. So, as his body was resurrected, and if I'm completely submitted to the Father through Jesus, I will follow the Father through Jesus, and this body will be resurrected, so I will believe in resurrection. And that this that God says, I will not let your whole body decay. There. Yeah. I believe in that. So I believe that I will see Jesus is coming of to take us to himself. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, and I believe that it's not me anymore. Anything I do, I recognize oh I couldn't do that. You mm-hmm. know, it's not me. of I am in his presence daily mm-hmm. because I acknowledge it. That is, is, it, is it
0: because you've acknowledged it, or no, is it because no. the whole Spirit No, no, because I know, yeah, you? yeah, yes. because
1: okay. I know, It is. Right. there's no mind, it, uh, it's arranged with the
0: Lord, there was yeah. an arranged
3: by me. Yep. Can you mean by me? Yes. So, I think what we're talking about here is, is it called dualism?
0: Well, we. this was this was a complete rabbit trail, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Alright, so let's bring it back. All right, fair <laughs> enough. I don't <laughs> <the> right. Right. <laughs> about that. Right. So that <laughs> yes, please. So we have examples in Scripture, and I have just like 30 different examples of the Spirit confirming to us the Word of the Lord. And as a result of that, us believing and uh, trusting that what God says is the truth. Well, do we have any examples from life? I know in my life, I have a very vivid example of the Holy Spirit's illumination. There was a point where I was was just lost. I had no idea what I was doing in terms of my Christian walk. I I was a believer at the time, but I felt like I was just floundering. And I picked up a book, and it, it was a really small book about how to memorize scripture. And it said, start here, do this, do this, do this, do this. Follow these steps and you will memorize scripture. Okay, let me start here. And it was, it was in the book of Ephesians. And I'm reading and I'm memorizing and I'm, I've finished chapters one and two and I have them completely memorized. And at this point, illumination hadn't occurred. I had been imbibing the word. It probably took me a month and a half to get to the point of just memorizing chapters one and chapter two. And I'm sitting there at work one day and there's this lady who's dressed in a fairly provocative manner and she's walking away from the the photocopy machine and she's walking right past me and I look up, I see her and in the past, I would have lingered. But in this moment, something amazing occurred. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you once walked following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work, and the sons of disobedience among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And in that fraction of a moment when this woman is walking past me, I want to be careful to say the way that this came off was as if The Holy Spirit said, and I say as if, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. You were a child of wrath. You are no longer a child of wrath. You do not have to obey that lust. Had I not been memorizing the scripture, would the Holy Spirit have been able to say that to me? Now, again, I say very carefully that the Holy Spirit didn't say, Hey, dummy! Don't you know this? That no. That would fall under special revelation. That would fall under special revelation. That, does not that did not happen. That's close. What happened was, in that moment in time... The words that I had hidden in my heart so that I might not sin against him, the Holy Spirit showed me why. Illuminated those words to my heart. Another story. The doctrines of grace. I had asked my wife when we had just gotten married, what is this What is this Calvinism stuff? I don't understand. What are these five points of Calvinism? And she went through them as best she as she remembered them. And like with every point, I'm like, oh, I don't believe that. No, I don't, I don't believe that. Oh, no, 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 no. Wait a minute. Don't we make a choice? No, 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 We were both on the same page. And I'm reading and I'm listening to podcasts. I mean, just I'm just soaking the word up. Well, lo and behold, one day I find out. I'm a five-point Calvinist. <laughs> and then my wife and I sit in the car on the way on, in our driveway, which, by the way, was on an incline like this. It was really comfortable. <laughs> and our son was in the back in, a, in his car seat, Jeremiah. And, and he comes to me,
4: and he says, you know, I'm a five-point Calvinist.
0: And I nearly fall out of the car. (laughs) Yeah. Because I'm a Baptist. I was. And so we spent like two hours in that car discussing why I believed in the doctrines of grace. And you know what? She didn't believe it then. But she went and read her scriptures. And everywhere she turns, there it is. Wait a minute. There it is. Wait a minute. There it is. God's sovereign over all things. God preordained all of this. God predestined us. God is the one who is going to allow us to persevere till the end. It's all through Scripture. Why haven't I seen this before? I've read the Scriptures, but now I see it. That was an example of the illumination of the Holy Spirit. Does anybody have stories like that?
1: Maybe one of us. We all do. One of
0: us. Why? Because we all have the same Holy Spirit. So, what are some of the ways that we can... Uh, Enable? No, because he's the Holy Spirit. He's sovereign. To help? No, because he's the Holy Spirit. He doesn't need our help. What do we have to do you. in order for the Holy Spirit to do his work in us? You. What?
2: I think the word is yield.
0: Yield? Okay. Mm.
6: To read the scriptures. Study to show that. stuff. Study.
0: Okay, am I saying this in a, in a, in a uh, legalistic way? If you don't study, well, then you're not a believer and you're going to hell.
4: No.
0: That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that uh, we, <laughs> in some way that we cannot comprehend how they fit together, our choices matter and God uses those choices to illuminate his very word to our hearts
2: but one of the things i wanted to ask is you know when you're when you were seeing <coughs> this that you were not this five point Calvinist person all of a sudden the word guys meditating in your mind and and showing you and revealing itself to you and, and what you did is you yielded your heart to be open to that word and allow it to
0: Illuminate your mind. Okay, I completely agree with that sentiment. Why? Because Romans 1 says that even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God and give him thanks. So it was a choice on their part. They have the knowledge that God exists by the passive natural revelation. They have the knowledge. They know it. And if they deny it, then they are doing so in unrighteousness. So there is a choice involved. Now, hopefully, as those who have been brought from death to life, those who have the Spirit indwelling in them, we will more often make the choice to obey, to study, to believe what the Word says. Look, the the subtitle of this book, The Christian Mind, Escaping Futility. How does understanding this concept of illumination allow us to escape futility?
6: Nothing is small in, in the scope of our lives. Anything that takes place has a, a purpose in God's, I don't know the word, yeah. but Gives in his... Gives in, us hope. In, because he's prov- the providence of God. Mm-hmm. I heard a pastor say not long ago that he's been as, as much um, experiencing miracles, so to speak, because of the providence of God, as much as because of the sovereignty of God. Mm -hmm. And it just is, it's really kind of fun to, and it keeps us from griping if we realize, oh, well, I guess I was stopped here for 14 minutes, you know, because he didn't wish me to keep going at at the rate or the direction or, you know, whatever. I may not know all of that, but he knows it and Mm -hmm. I can rest
0: in that. Absolutely. So going back to um, uh, the Romans, one thing: what did what did what did Paul call their disbelief? He called it futility. So, this concept of illumination: how does it help us to escape this futility? Well, we're freed from the illusion that we have the power to understand God's word on our own. Mm. That's an illusion. If we try to understand God's word on our own, it will lead to error. We must remember that we need the Holy Spirit's power to help us understand God's special revelation to us. Here's here's a very simple example of the opposite. If we try to reconcile what the world says about science, and about the origin of things, with what the Bible says, and we are not relying upon the Holy Spirit to convince us of the veracity of Scripture, we may even walk away from the faith. Why do I say this? Because I know someone who I would have sworn was a believer, loved him like a brother, and today says he no longer believes. Because he chose To believe that he himself was the one who was understanding scripture for himself. Now, in Hebrews 6, 9, the author says, Though we speak in this way, yet in your case, beloved, we feel sure of better things things that belong to salvation. In all of our study of Scripture, we must never forget our need for the Holy Spirit's assistance. As we read God's Word, let us pray that the Spirit would illuminate it so that we would understand it and apply it rightly And let us pray for this illumination when we read Scripture together so that we will be led in paths of righteousness through the Scriptures. Amen. Amen.